Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 98 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Vicky Brasseur. Vicky has spent most of her 20 years in the tech industry leading software development departments and teams and providing technical management and leadership consulting to small and medium-sized businesses. Vicky is also a vice president of the Open Source Initiative, a winner of Open Source Awards for Contribution, and a regular speaker at open source conferences. And this year has seen the publication of Vicky's book, Forge Your Future with Open Source, which I'm sure we'll be talking about later in the show. So Vicky, can you expand on that summary and tell me a little bit more about yourself? Sure. And hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Phil. I really appreciate it. While I have spent a lot of time doing business management strategy stuff, What I spend most of my time on now is helping companies understand, use, contribute to, and release free and open source software in a way that's both good for their bottom line strategically, but also in a way that's good for the community. So we get that very good balance and that beneficial cycle of the corporate contributions and the community benefit all at once. So could you maybe give us an understanding of what the benefits are of using open source? For a company, there are so many. It really removes the necessity to reinvent a lot of wheels. There are literally millions of those wheels out there already in the form of free and open source software projects and libraries. So you don't have to invest your own people, your time, your resources into developing that software. It allows you to get up to speed a lot more quickly. Many studies also show that free and open source software is a lot more secure and is updated more frequently than proprietary software. So it can help you keep your data, your customers a lot more secure. So Vicky, can you maybe share a unique career tip that the IT career and Angela audience need to know and possibly don't? Well, what I've found is that most people believe to contribute to free and open source software, they have to be a programmer. And that's not actually the case. If you look at how software is developed, it requires a lot of different skills and roles. And free and open source software is no different. So if you want to move forward in your career in software, even if you're not a programmer, you can still contribute to free and open source software and gain a lot of new skills, gain a lot of new experience, and also create this public and open portfolio. So you will have the copyright, you are able to share this with any new potential employers. So whether you're a translator or a documentarian or an infosec or just anything that is involved with software development, you can move your career forward by contributing to free and open source software. Do you have any recommendations as to where someone would start if they hadn't actually been involved in open source up till now? I have a lot of recommendations, which is why I wrote a book about this. So I will try and keep it short. But the first thing you you have to do is know what you want to get out of it, right? What are your particular goals, your personal goals? And those will be different for each and every individual. Don't just go jumping to the biggest 
name you know in free and open source software and assume that must be where you should start to contribute. Instead, look at where you want to go, what you want to learn, how you want to grow, and then also look at your particular interests. Because if you work on something that's interesting to you, you're more likely to follow through and be successful. Say there's a hobby. Let's say you like woodworking or sewing. There are free and open source software projects related to those. So figure out how you want to grow. Say you want to become uh, more proficient in JavaScript and you like, like woodworking. So go out and find a project related to woodworking that involves JavaScript and then see what they need and ask them, how can I help? Here are my skills. How can I help you get started? So Vicky, can you maybe tell us the story of your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Oh, my worst IT career moment was six months at a company a while back. It was a startup and it had a really interesting idea, interesting mission, but what it did not turn out to have was people at the top who had any experience with leadership, with running a company, and having helped companies before that with their, uh, particularly startups, because I was in the Bay Area at the time, having helped companies figure out how to do business correctly, being in a situation where I was in a company that, unbeknownst to me, was not well run, was really very unpleasant. I did not do appropriate due diligence. I asked enough questions, but I didn't ask the right sort. So now I have a much better grasp on what I should be asking when I am looking for a new job, when I am looking to join a new company. And that's something that I think a lot of career seekers or new job seekers don't understand is that this is a two-way street. You are interviewing the company as much as they are interviewing you. And you have to do your due diligence to make sure it's a good fit for you. Unless, of course, you simply have to get any job right now to keep your family fed, to keep a roof over your house, to keep health care. But if that's not the case, then try your best to take the time to find the right job rather than a job right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're you're spot on with that. Um, having been in a similar situation myself, I made the same error. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that when you actually go for an interview, you make sure that you find out as much as you can about that company before you commit to actually joining them. And what I find is very interesting is to... I mean, obviously, you must have a set of questions that you are going to ask the, the company because, again, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. But what I like to do is have a set of questions and ask the same questions to every single interviewer because the difference in the answers that you get, there will be gaps there, and those gaps can be very telling. And they can show you a lot of things about a company almost as much as the answers that you receive from people. And then you can get this consistent view across the entire company of how people view things and how they portray them to you. Okay, so moving away from your worst IT career moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Right now, I'm so deeply embroiled in book stuff that I have to say that being asked to write a book about something I'm so passionate about is absolutely amazing. That's such a privilege that I never thought I would have in my life. So I'm very immensely grateful to Pragmatic for asking me to do that. But really, it's getting the chance to do what I love. I have spent a lot of time running software engineering departments and running teams, but 
so little of my career has been spent getting paid to work on free and open source software, which is something that obviously I'm just a little bit passionate about. So getting paid to do that, right? And helping companies understand that and bridging that gap between corporate interests and community interests such that they become everyone's interests. That frankly, right now, what I'm doing is I'm in the highlight. I mean, freelancing stinks. I, I'm not a big fan of freelancing, but it does allow me to help a lot more companies. And that's, again, a privilege that I never expected I would have I would have, and it's. I feel very grateful for it. Sure. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your book. Is it actually released now? It is. I'm so super excited. I have a box of books sitting downstairs on my dining room table, waiting for an unboxing party with a couple of friends this evening. I haven't even seen it, but I've seen pictures of it on the web. People are receiving it. It is available from Pragmatic Programmer, Pragmatic Bookshelf, so pragprog.com. It is all about how an individual can contribute to free and open source software. And while it does encompass, obviously, because it's software, it encompasses and includes programming, but it is inclusive of, again, all of the roles required for free and open source software contribution. And you would think, well, this is easy. You just go to GitHub, you do a pull request, and you're done. Well, that's the mechanics of doing free and open source software contribution. The really complex part and the stuff that we don't bother to communicate very well are all of the people elements of free and open source software. There are a lot of expectations there within the communities of new contributors, of things that they expect you to know, but they, for various reasons, have done a very poor job of letting you know that. So, you know, what even is free and open source software? That's something that I find people have taken for granted and no longer really No, they simply assume and their assumptions are typically wrong. So we go into that, what it is, why it matters, what is copyright, why is licensing such a big deal? And then there's all the other stuff. How do you interact on email? There's a lot of expectations there, again, of of how you interact with people. And so setting all of that out, there are also sections upon how if you can contribute for your job, say you use a particular project at work and you want to contribute your fixes back to it, how do you do that within your job? Because you can't just do that. There are copyright issues that you have to be concerned with and intellectual property. And if you have something that you have created at work, how can you go about releasing that in such a way that it benefits your company and the community and you can build a community around that? So there are just so many different factors that we haven't ever collected in one spot before. And I'm really glad that now I can just hand this to someone and say, here, this is how you do it. It's okay. Yeah, sounds great. So the title of the book is Forge Your Future with Open Source. Yes, it is. And we'll make sure we've got a link on the website. um, So anybody who wants to to find out about the book or maybe purchase it, visit the um, IT Career Energizer website. You'll be able to find a link. So, Vicky, we're moving on. Can you maybe tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Within IT, we are starting to finally realize that we have screwed up over the past 30, 40 years, and we have really become very insular within IT. Uh, And we do spend a lot of time now talking about, finally, Things like diversity and inclusion and why it's actually important and accessibility and why that's actually important. And these are conversations that were happening on the far fringes 
for years, but now they're coming into the center and we're openly having these dialogues. And that I think is going to help free and open source software and all of software development in ways that people just haven't really considered until now. I mean, if you look at all of the studies, they show that communities and projects and teams that are more diverse are also much more innovative and they come up with better ideas more quickly and they implement them more efficiently. But we've kind of closed ourselves off for that within our software cultures for many decades now. It just sort of became this unfortunate downhill role. But we've corrected that role. And I think we are starting to move our way back up the hill into the sun to continue that sort of metaphor. And I think it's going to be very interesting seeing how this develops over the next 10, 20 years, because we're only just now starting it and it will take time to get right. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of the fact we're we're, um, heading in the right direction. I think the industry is still very young um, and we're still learning very much about how how to deliver solutions and make sure that... uh, we work in effective um, in ways. Absolutely. Yes, I'm right there with you. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We'll find out a little bit more about the way you think about IT. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I love pushing buttons. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I love computers. I don't necessarily love programming. I can program. I'm, I'm out of practice, but... I love the process of creating something out of nothing, and you can use buttons to do that. I really do like pushing buttons a lot. <laughs> right. What is the best career advice you've ever received? You can get out. And the context of that is if you're in a bad situation, you don't have to stay there. While you may have your own personal constraints, like you can't just rage quit and table flip your way out of a company, because again, You have responsibilities, you have families, you have companies, but it is within your power to start changing your situation, to start looking for other jobs. You don't have to put up with that. Please start working to get out if you are in a bad situation, because frankly, there's tons of people who are going to treat you a lot better and probably pay you better as well. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. How would I change my situation? And I'm not entirely sure how I would, because while it certainly hasn't been completely rosy, you see my previous story of a job I had, it is still pretty good right now. And it wouldn't be this way if I hadn't gone the route I did, if I didn't skip doing uh, computer science courses to instead work on classical philology, right? That made a big difference in how I approach the world in technology in a way that computer science classes wouldn't have. So I mean, obviously there would be things I could change and you know, that whole chaos theory, butterfly wing, change one little thing and change the world. Maybe that would affect who I am today and what I do, but I'm pretty happy with the way it's going. Right, okay. So what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, I've got the check mark next to a book, um, so that's lovely. As far as career objectives, frankly, I am freelance and it's exhausting. I wouldn't mind finding a company that would like to pay me full time to do this sort of thing. Uh, There are lots of companies that have open source program offices, so I would love to 
help a company and just dedicate myself to them for years to help shape and craft something. Because as freelance, you, you're you like a ronin, right? That, that roving samurai that goes from city to city and town to town and saving people from the bandits, but then you go away. So for freelance, I help people set these things up, but then I move on to the next job and I never get to see things through. And I really miss that. I miss being a full-time part of something in that way as part of my career. So I would love to do that. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? See, I have kind of a problem with the phrase non-technical because people believe it involves computers and stuff like that. And if you look around the world, everything is some sort of technology. I mean, weaving, sewing, those are really important technologies. But um, really, I think uh, listening, communicating, these are things that have been very important. Writing, writing has been absolutely pivotal. And I don't just mean the book, but I write talks, I write articles, I write for clients. I Writing is so very important to everything we do and documenting how we do things, that that is a force multiplier. So I can have an idea and I can tell it to you and then it disappears. But if I write it down, then I can share it with any number of people. So I guess I would have to go to writing, even though you know it is kind of a technology, but writing is probably the thing that I think everybody can get a lot better at. And if you're going to be at All Things Open soon, um, which I guess I don't know when this is going to air, but there's going to be a talk at All Things Open all about how writing can help you and move your technical career forward. And hopefully it will be recorded because I think that will be valuable to a great deal of people. Being presented by uh, Jen White Huger from Red Hat. So that should be a really great talk and I'm looking forward to that one. So Vicky, can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career Energizer audience? You have the power and it is within your power to move your career forward, but you have to take the time to think about it. While it would be nice to believe that your manager will be helping you in your career development, and they should if they are a good manager, having led software engineering departments, right? That is the sort of thing that I am very focused on, but not all managers know that. So you can't rely on them. And frankly, it's not their career. It's up to you. So think about take the time, grab a cup of tea and just a notebook or something on a Sunday morning and just sit in the sun and think, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And what are the steps between here and there? And just start small. And don't feel bad if you're not making massive progress because baby steps are still steps. And as long as you're thinking about it and trying to move forward, you are making progress. Yep. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, Well, Twitter. I'm so big on Twitter. I do way too much tweeting. Apologies to everyone who follows me. Um, So I am at VMBrasseur on Twitter. But there's also my website, which is VMBrasseur.com. I have a blog linked there. And I also will often cross-post all of my other articles that I do. And my talks. I do a lot of talks, including a workshop on the care and feeding of a healthy job hunt. So I have videos out there for that sort of thing. I'm really into helping people make sure they get their careers right and move forward. And hopefully doing that through free and open source software, which is what the book can help you do as well. 
Vicky, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for all your time. I'm really grateful, Phil. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.